And welcome, Basement Podcast. How you doing, man? Good. Maybe up to number four, five, three. Or is this three? This is three. Well, I must have dreamt about one. That's okay. That's okay. It's was somewhere, it a, was somewhere it a, up there. Was it a good one? Not a, no. <laughs> Not the kind I like. That's what you mean? No. Well, it is feeling more like summer around here. For those of you who don't know, we're in southwestern Pennsylvania, where uh, you can have winter one day. Um, you can actually have winter one afternoon followed by a summer that morning and the following morning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other day, was it last week? We had one day it was like 65 and sunny and the next day it snowed. Yeah, yep. That's uh, here. But that it is, is nice here. right now outside. Yeah, it is nice. It's really, really nice. Nice uh, day, like uh, low 70s I'm with a nice not, breeze. I am not complaining. As we sit inside doing yeah. the podcast. And as... as Very poor planning. Supposed to... <laughs> supposed to... Uh, rain this afternoon so <laughs> we'll get this in and then and the grass is cut yeah exactly. <laughs> let it rain so i can cut her again Do you know that's the biggest problem i always have is you know with my work i i'll be the, you know on the days that i could mow the grass i'm like out late and then uh, well i mean <laughs> yeah the days and then the days that i'm home it's pouring down rain yeah, and uh, it, then you just watch it get yeah, higher it gets, yeah and then i'm then i'm bailing hay I'm no longer mowing grass. Yeah, my, my walk behind mower has a bag on it that can hold about a quart of clippings. <laughs> so the worst part about me mowing is I got to stop every three laps <laughs> to dump it out. It's, yeah. And then, of course, you have to restart the mower yeah. and do all that stuff. But uh, it does look good when it's done. I had a mower that had that safety feature that when you took the uh, – Let you go were of the messing handle? With the, well, yeah, when you were, were you letting go of the handle, and then there was also another safety feature that – when you um, were detaching the bag, it would shut off. So I, I had like I put I took like a clothes hanger, and hooked <laughs> it up to my handle so it would stay oh, on. Yeah, I'm not smart I, I enough totally, to do the whole. I totally, yeah. I was, I was, I was Mister Non Safety. I'm that. scared I'm, to death to try to get that bag off with the motor running. I'm gonna <laughs> come out and call me stubby. I'll stick four <laughs> fingers on each hand. I'm not even, I'm not even risking it. Well. Take it speaking, off. Speaking speaking of risking it, boy, did the penguins just absolutely well, they didn't really risk, risk nothing. They risked nothing. No, oh they were God. they really wanted was to get a, a higher draft pick. Was there was there a was there a hockey team that actually showed up for that series? I went to Game Four. Okay, um, and it was very very apparent when you're right. watching those two teams. It was an absolute identical game from the first three where. The Penguins would go on a two- or three-minute stretch where they controlled the puck. They kept it in the Islander zone, um, and they did the things they were doing. But first of all, i got to tell you, their goalie is a monster. He's huge, the Islander goalie. Yeah. He yeah. is just a big, big man. He's like 6'4", 290-something. He doesn't have to move very much. Well, and but surprisingly, he's pretty spry. Like yeah. He made some nice state saves. Oh, he, but he had a great series. What it, the, the surprising thing to me was, as we were watching it, and I even said it to the gentleman who knew a lot more about hockey than I did to yeah. my left, yeah. much to his chagrin, um, <laughs> when I was complaining about every time the Islanders were passing the puck around, they had time to look up see where they were going to pass it, seeing if there's a guy in front to shoot it. Um, every time Pittsburgh did get the puck, which wasn't much, there was a guy in their face. Yeah. Like the Islanders were so much faster. They were shutting down the lanes. They, 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 they were really, no really yeah. well. Um, yeah. And the other surprising thing was the Islanders were not good this season on faceoffs. Mm -mm. They couldn't – Crosby couldn't win a faceoff. Right. They totally dominated that series. 
Um, and yes, I was shocked. I didn't think the Penguins were good enough to win it this year. I actually had them in a pool to lose to Washington in round two. Okay. But it was mostly because of uh, their offense has, has sputtered quite a bit. And Murray, although he's good, the defense has been hurt. So now they all came back. He switched the lines again every 15 minutes. Right, um, right. Trying to find something that worked. I get it. But it was a very, very, very obvious situation when you were at the game. Those two teams, Islanders are a better team. Yeah, but I see there's a lot of Penguins fans out there. I think those ones that are still wearing Marc-Andre Fleury jerseys that <laughs> blame Murray. And I can't blame Murray for this series. It, no, I they can't. weren't. He didn't get any help in this. And it's it's not – he played – I thought he played well. Oh, my God. Well, I saw the de- defenseman fall down trying to skate backwards. They had even two-on-two or odd man rushes. The entire series. Yeah. Islanders had a three-on-two, a two-on-one. Yeah, they were because they were faster. But also, our defensemen were screwing up. Like, I remember, you know, in in game one, Ole Mata was awful. He was. Everyone said, well, he just came back. Well, yeah, so what? He's still awful. I I thought that that was a bad move on Mike Sullivan's part. And I know a lot of people have talked about it that, you know, replacing Jack Johnson with Ole Mata. I yeah. Well, as a healthy a, scratch. Was, yeah. As a healthy, that was a mistake. At least let him in a rotation. Yeah. I yeah. Did, I said, because I mean, thing. that that was, that game was, that was an overtime game. I mean, they were, you know, you, you, you get one lucky bounce, yeah, you get and one honestly, back to the net. This might be a different series. And honestly, but, it shouldn't be because they were dominating game one. Yeah, they were, but they still, they found a way to stay it in it. I mean, the, the series, the series was, you know, through, through most of the periods was relatively close, was close. Yeah, and it, just, it, it was close maybe on the scoreboard, but it was not. But when not you on the it. ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, even the announcer. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm not even picking. You know, I, I like the Islanders team, but I don't. I can't see them as they're currently constructed beating like a Capitals team. See, I I can't wait. Yeah. You know, the old uh, Washington's ex coach didn't get uh, a contract Barry extension. Trotz, yeah. Great coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these kids, and I'm going to tell you something very, very evident. There was a big, big wave of want it more oh, on that no young doubt. islanders team no than the penguins team that felt like okay we've done this before we'll get behind a game or two and then we'll just flip the switch yeah that well i'm gonna happen. tell you what they were hungry yeah they were they were no doubt um but it's you know the nhl playoffs are constructed differently you don't play right. one plays eight two right. plays seven right they like to get that divisional stuff out of the way and I, i'm assuming it's because they don't want two guys from the same division in the fight in a in the finals. I, I still their, say so what? I but, do too. You know. I disagree. But, you know, Tampa Bay got swept. Oh, that that was a bigger shocker to me. That series. It, it wasn't even close. No. It was, except, well, game one, what, the, 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 the Lightning took a lead. Like, first eight, ten minutes, they were it up two, like three goals. Three to one. Yeah, yeah. and, then, Four and to then it was, that series was over after that. Yeah. Columbus just dominated. And I have my family in Tampa. I think we talked about yeah. this on a previous podcast. Yeah. They are apoplectic because, you know, every year, every year. But this is worse. I mean, this is like what they want now. What they want now is like their hope for next year. I was talking to like I was talking to some people down there and they said the only hope is that we can recreate what the Virginia Cavaliers did in in NCAA basketball. And it could very well happen. Lose that first round and then win the championship the following year. So, I mean, that just puzzles me. Although, look. Did, did Tampa, you know, just like many, many other team sports, it's, it's a game of matchups. Okay. So did, 
it, was this a bad matchup for for um, for the when Tampa you Bay have, Lightning? When you have a regular but season like Tampa Bay had. There is no bad matchup. I, I you have, beat everybody. But but I, I will say this about the Columbus Blue Jackets: they made a lot of moves at the trade deadline. They didn't. It took a while they, to gel. It, it took a while to gel, but boy, they look good now. I'm and tell you something else: just like the Islanders, they wanted it more. They did. And Tortorella, look, I mean, Tortorella, think of it, think of what you want. I mean, I. Oh, Personally, he's a jerk. he is. He's an ass, but he's he's a good he's a good hockey. Coach. Obviously, yeah, and obviously, and actually, he's highly entertaining uh, during press conferences. I mean, the guy press is conference. Just, I'd love to have him on the podcast. Oh, I'd give anything. You know, to have him no on rules. The yeah, just say what you, know, you want. Tell us how you really feel. This is uncensored, coach. You could <laughs> yeah. go right ahead and Knock say yourself it. out. Well, I, there was a there was a clip where um, back when I used to do uh, press conferences and stuff, we used to have like the little tape recorders and yeah you right know, even before like the ones everybody with the hard drive. on and on now and everybody's like putting their phone up there yeah. and i guess there was a reporter that the reporter's mom kept calling i saw it, it was ring. up there and he actually coach he Tortorella took the call i saw that it. was great that, I mean, that's, says, yeah we're in the middle of a press conference he'll be right with you that's the part that's the part of tortorella i really like you know yeah he, i think as a guy he'd be yeah. fun to go out and drink and have a oh, few sure. beers with him watch sure. a hockey game just sure. let him start talking no i i agree I, he does know the game he really does i would love to pick his brain for a good you know a good couple hours just getting his take on i know he'd be even fun the to state watch. even the state of the league you know like one of those kind of things like yeah. what he thinks about hockey but um, you know, so far, so far, the, you know, the NHL playoffs have, it's been interesting. And now, you know, the Capitals find themselves in a 2-2 series, yeah. you know, against the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are no pushover. They're pretty Hurricanes good are team. good at home. Yeah, they're good. But I don't, you know, the Hurricanes are going to have to pull one out in D.C. And I don't know if they can do that. Yeah, they're, they're better at home. The other thing that intrigues me is look at the other side. Did Calgary sweep? Did Calgary win that? Not sweep, but did Calgary no, win no, that no, series? No, 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 no. The Avalanche took finished it last okay, night. Okay, so, and that yeah, was, yeah. weren't the Avalanche an eight seed? Yeah, Avalanche were. So both yeah. one seeds are out. Yeah, and I mean, look, this is just, this is the way it is. I mean, this is hockey. I mean, it's, it's. Some players call it puck luck, you know, or you get the bounce or you get hot at the right time. You could certainly argue that the Penguins, you know, there were a couple of times when they won the cup, you know, that they just got hot at the right time. And, well, and you and, had a great goalie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, Mark andre Fleury was a great I'm and tell you right Matt now. Murray, Matt Murray played extraordinarily well for those two cups. He got hot. Um, and look at the Islanders goalie right now. Yeah, yeah. That Nailing. guy he's, is he's, stopping yeah, everything. everything. Yeah, and a goalie can carry you far. I mean, look well, at in that game, absolutely in hockey. Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing about the Islanders is the way they surround the crease with yeah. their defensemen. It's like a cup. Yeah, they um, they do play. They that try to get that. Style. They try to get that one goal lead, and then good luck. Mm -hmm. You're gonna need to bank it off three three people in front to get it in or, or get just, a deflection. You got to keep shooting the puck to the net. I and mean, that's what frustrated me about the the Penguins in this whole series. On the power play, they'd pass it around nine times and then yeah. take a shot, and then they'd clear. You know, you weren't going to beat them with a one-timer. You have to keep peppering that towards the goal and hope for Karam. Our defensemen just kept on trying to do stupid stuff and not paying attention. And very drove, frustrating when you watch insane. the Islanders take it into the zone, and then two defensemen would, t would, would get them against the boards. Right. When, which let somebody wide open. But the Islanders were also putting a lot of guys across their blue line, and the Penguins a lot many times were still trying to carry it in instead right. of dumping chase. That's right. That's right. And – you know, I mean, they kind of reminded me of those old time 
New Jersey Devils teams. Devils you know. and, and some of the old Rangers. Yeah, yeah. They just they would Dump just suffocate. Just suffocate you. Yep. Can't you get, know. So can't get past them. No, and it, and again, those Devils teams, they got a one goal lead. It was over. It was done. Yeah, they played that trap. Yeah, because they they had Brodor in the net, mm-hmm. and you weren't gonna. And they did the same thing. They they just the defenseman yeah. created a little uh, fence around the crease. Uh, so get back to, for the final point on the Penguins right. here. Uh, is Sullivan back? I think Sullivan's back. Um, There's going to be a I, few players that aren't, I can tell yeah, you Yeah, you know, so who do you think, I mean. My first, I'm trading Malkin immediately. Really? I know he had 100 points. I'm tired of his penalties. He's a horrible passer. He carries the puck across that blue line, and 99% of the time he stops. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an odd man rush, whether he can get around the guy. Very talented. Right. I was in the minority. I would have traded him two years ago. Right. Um, I thought you could have got something back. Now, you'll get something back, but mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to get what he wants. And rumors are that he's, his wife is unhappy in Pittsburgh. Being in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I guess she's either – I think she's a sportscaster in where they're no from uh, or a weather lady or something. I, I, I don't know exactly. Don't quote me on that. That's just what I heard someone say. But, okay. Um, I, I, he, he's number one. All right. And then you, you have to – you have to get some more speed. Time right. to time to. But what do you do with Latang? Let's talk about Latang for a second. Like, what do you do with him? I think Latang can play. I like him. Um, I don't think he's going to be on your first line. He's not going to be the best person on your team. He's not going to be your worst. Uh, he's getting up there, right? I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of how old old Latang is, or how many years he's been in the he's been in the league. He's he's mid thirties, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, I. I think that's where he's at, but but Latang's also been through a lot, you know. He he, he looks he, slow. Yeah, I I he's just not the same player. He looks hurt. And and the thing is, the guys that we got, you know, during the trade, uh, you know, during during the trade deadline, didn't add any speed to this team. I think they got he, slower. Actually, they did get. Slower. They got bigger, but they got slower. And you know, they needed a hammer because he did. Yeah. The, when they were playing, I think it was the Washingtons first. Was yeah, Bjor- what was yeah, that? Bjorkson. Yeah, Bjorkson. Yeah. He came in, and the first thing he did was take Wilson right against the boards and then giggled. Right. Um, and they needed that. The problem is is they couldn't get by the speed of the Islanders to get to the, to Washington where it would have been a slugfest. Right. But uh, I think you're going to see. I, I really think you're going to see. This This is general manager for the Penguins does not sit on his hands ever. Uh, good Good Branson was the defenseman that we got. Good Branson. He's a, he's a big man. Yeah, he is 6'5", 217. Yeah, and he's but but he's not fleet afoot. He's just well, not. they're they. I'm telling you, they look slow, and I think they got slower at the deadline. Yeah, they got rid of some if young kids. If, if one of your bigger free agent signings is Jack Johnson, that's not <laughs> adding speed to your team. <laughs> no, it's I'm not. I'm sorry. I mean, I like Jack Johnson. Don't get me wrong; he's a smart defenseman, but it's just it's not there. It's you know, we killed teams with speed. The Penguins killed teams with speed when they were winning cups, and this is not a team that's Well, at least they were in the top 10 in speed. Sure. Uh, they're in the bottom 10 now. Right. And although they, you have guys like Crosby and Gensel and even Malkin who can still put it in the net, Kessel, um, you're getting less and less chances now. Right, right. Because they're just, the speed's keeping you from, from setting something up. Right. But I do think there's going to be some changes. I, too, think Sullivan's going to be back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Penguins, every three, four, five years, the message – Stops being listened to from their coaches. Well, yeah, I, it's. I think that a lot of it was again was want to. 
I, I think there was a lot of things that Islanders definitely wanted. It they more. wanted it more. And same I, way with Columbus. If I'm not mistaken, like some of the Penguins during their postmortem interviews were kind of <laughs> like, kind of even like admitting that they're yeah. like, you know, that the Islanders wanted it more. Like, how could you not yeah. want it more? Do you get, you know, for those guys in the room that have three rings, are they? Well, Malkin said as much after Game Four. Yeah, and they were swept. He said they wanted it more than we did. Yeah, that's. There was no sense of urgency in the locker room. Yeah, that's sad. But again, we're getting spoiled here in Pittsburgh when oh, it no comes doubt. to the Penguins. Um, no doubt. You know they don't win. They don't get to the finals. Everyone's like, we got to fire some people. It'll be a really interesting off season. I, I, you know, I talked to a, I talked to a guy who's a friend of a friend. I guess you could say, and he's, he, he played hockey for a long time. I mean, not, you know, he, he's very knowledgeable about hockey. He despises Rutherford. Like he thinks Rutherford's an idiot. And <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going that far, but. He also, when I mentioned, you know, we were talking about Sullivan and winning cups, he said a glass of water could have won Stanley Cups with those teams. Now, I don't necessarily completely agree with that, but. Um, That's like saying Bill Belichick didn't have to coach Patriots when they were, sick, when they were every year. Right, right. Yeah, right. They're good. Right. Exactly. But I'm sorry. A coach, a coach. why would you change it? If you're a good coach yeah. and you have a good team, what are you supposed to do? Mess with the lineup to prove that you can tinker? Yeah, because in all honesty, I think— Roll the ball. Know, Let's look, go. The Penguins came within a, a post last year of, right. of almost you know getting to the point where they could have eliminated the Capitals. So, That's right, and they won the Cup. Yeah, and the Capitals ended up winning the Cup. So I, I, don't, I agree. I don't think they're that far away, but I think they got to get some more speed. On the team, there's there's no two ways. Let's shift gears a little bit because let's talk about the, I just get let's talk about the talking about the pens. <laughs> let's talk about the buckos. You the, talk about, about them. Well, I look. I still think they stink. I'm not gonna well, lie to you. Well, okay, you can't. They're they're they starting stink. pitcher. Pitcher. Yeah, they're good. Stink. That's great. You know, they, I still think they stink, and I will go on the record. By the end of this year, they'll be. They're still going to finish last or next to the last in the division. Wow. Cubs are going to beat them. Wow. Brewers going to beat them. Uh, wow. Cincinnati's going to be a tussle. They lost uh, Cincinnati lost Scooter Jeanette for the, I don't know if he's out for the year, but at least half the year. Okay. Early in the season, um, they got that you know, traded for Twig. He's right. off to a slow start. Um, Cincinnati's not exactly a powerhouse every year. Joey Votto's getting older, but they have a shot of beating them just because of the pitching. But I I don't think they can beat anybody else in that division. And then, good luck if you're gonna if you're gonna throw your hat in the ring saying Bell's going to continue to hit. 283 after his after he can't hit his weight for the last three years i'm gonna say no well here's the interesting thing so if you look at the statistics so the pirates have scored 63 runs wow okay Holy so cow. yeah so actually in the national league there's one team tied for them with that number of runs that's the uh that's the san francisco giants who they're playing now all right. Wow, that ought to who, be a real you, you barn want, burner. There's one team that has scored fewer runs than the Pirates, and I'm going to go with the Reds. No, Marlins. Wait, uh, no, no. Oh. oh wait, wait. Yes, Marlins. There we go. And ding, by, ding, by, ding. by 12 runs, 50. They've only have they've only scored. I just 51 want a T-shirt, runs. by the way, for answering that correctly. <laughs> no. So if the producer could they, uh, bring me another shirt. <laughs> the that's funny, everybody, because we don't have a producer. Only, here's the funny thing: is they they're eleven and six. The Pirates are eleven and six. They're in first place in in the NL Central. Okay, okay I'm so, going to tell you something. So they so are about five pitches from being six and eleven. I, I I'm not arguing with you, but and and there there is only an eight run differential. They've they've only <laughs> given up fifty five. 
which yeah, starting which, pitching is incredible. Yeah, their starting pitching is, and, and in all honesty, I mean, you could go the other direction. Earlier in the season, if the relief pitching had been better, the Pirates' record could be better. Pitching Honestly. around the league is better at the beginning of the year than sure. the hitters. You get these guys from uh, Cuba. You get these Dominican players that it gets below 70 degrees, and they don't even want to play. Right. Um, the ball's not traveling. There's a lot of wind in the parks right now. Right. So I get it. You could say the Pirates back. They don't have a major league shortstop on the roster. Well, they don't have a backup catcher. They got a minor league leaguer starting today. Uh, well, I, I get it. There's some there's some injuries, but if, again, it goes back to to the ownership. If you before the season started, if you wrote down your starting lineup and these the guys are going to play ninety percent of the games, <laughs> and you don't giggle when you're done looking at it, you're you're fooling yourself. <laughs> they threw their hat in the ring with with Talion being your ace, and they got what, Lyles from. Uh, yeah, he he pitched another good game. He pitched. Williams looks night. good. Yeah. Um, they're all all their starting pitchers give them a chance to win, but right. they're not going to continue to win every game in extra innings three two four three. Um, Polanco's going to be back at some point. He may or may not help. He's been he stinks with the bat lately. Yeah. The people that are winning the games for you right now, uh, Bell, Marte hasn't hit, right. and I think he left the game again last night. With an injury. Right. I don't know what they said, anything, but um, people are complaining about Jordy Mercer. Jesus, he looks like Babe Ruth compared to their shortstop now. Right. Um, <laughs> they, who's the who's the kid that's in the center field that started the first game of the year? Uh, minor leaguer that came up this year and made the club. Um, oh. Um, shoot, I should have looked. God damn it, yeah. producer. Yeah. Look that. Put that on our screen, please. Um. I can't. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking. We'll, we'll, we'll look. We it should up, know. But yeah, we'll, someone. But, but like today, Cole Tucker got called up to play shortstop. Now, no kidding. He had a really good spring. Like he's he's a really really good prospect. He's a, he's a, he's a high end prospect. Um, and why not? Also, well, you also have you also have uh, who's catching? Well, you have another minor leaguer call up. Brian Reynolds playing center field today. Well, that's because then, uh, Marte uh, got hurt. Yeah. So, but uh, Francisco Cervelli is catching. Always playing behind the plate again. But he's, but right. he's, but he's, he's got that average up to one sixty seven. Yeah, well, now, he's so hot. Yep, there. he's yeah. hot. He's up to one sixty seven. He's getting there. He's Bell's there. all right. Uh, their two best players, two best hitters, are Moran and Kong. Right. Yeah. And they can't yep. play them both at the same time because Moran can't feel his position and Kong can't do it. He can't hit his weight. Right. But he can right. go deep. Right. Um. If they're playing in the American League where they get a DH, they're both in the lineup, then it's 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 an average offense. They're gonna win some games. Right. With that pitching staff. Now, do you think with the eighth inning struggles that the Buck the Bucks have had this year and have blown leads repeatedly? Right. Do you think the Bucks couldn't go out and get Kimbrel? That's what drives me nuts. He's sitting there at home. Yeah, Give him one year and offer him a $15 million contract for one year. Uh, they won't. And that's even if they their, did, the guy's he's looking for 30 I know. 20 Okay, here, you're unemployed currently. Here's $15 million for one year right? with a player option. Right. Or just one year and you can leave whenever. If you want to know trade clause for the year, if you do want to be dealt, you know that what they would end up doing is trading them at the deadline anyway. Sure. To a contender who who also needs a closer or a closer get hurt, but he's sitting at home. You have no seventh. You have no eighth inning reliever. Right. Right. Now uh, even the closer who's hit ninety nine yesterday or a hundred was it Vasquez. Mm. Oh yeah, he's he's still clipping it up there at about a hundred well, miles. He was unhittable last night. Right. Um, 
his slider. He was throwing every pitch he had for strikes. Right. Um, so you got him and Kimbrell both as an eighth and ninth guy. I don't care how you interchange them. Mm-hmm. But Vasquez had to pitch two innings last night. So they have no bu- – It's I'm not buying it. You guys I'm, You guys are jaded because you're Pirate fans. I'm not a Pirate I'm fan. I'm not. Look, I, I'm a Pirate fan, but I'm also a realist. I'm just saying, you know, all I'm saying is now is like, hey, they're in first place right now. Hey, the starting pitching has been pretty Get your playoff good. tickets here, folks. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination because, you know – I have no confidence whatsoever in this in the general manager, the owner doing anything significant at the trade deadline to make this team more complete. I have no confidence in them doing that whatsoever. Zero. What the heck with a deadline? Get a major league shortstop. Well, Get a shortstop that hits two forty. Well, what if you know this is the pickle they find themselves in? So you know, let's say they call you know Colt Tucker is called up, and you know he comes in. And let's say he lights it up. He hits 365. Well, lightning up compared to the other shortstop will be hitting 220. Well, exactly. But but, but let's say he does that. And then the next thing you know, you know, Huntington's going to send him back down and say, well, he needs to work on his angles a little bit. And you know what it's about. It's It's about time. It's about time. It's about how long they they can hold on to him for another year. That's the game that they play. It's I'm not, not going to lie. I don't know anything about Cole Tucker. Yeah. Um, well, take a look at his stats. I, mean, well, I don't care about his stats at this point either. Spring training, they're hitting off guys that didn't make the team half the time. No, I understand. So, Brian, I, I did like – I do – I'm not a I'm not a Brian Reynolds fan, but um, I like him too. Okay. I like some of the guys they play. I'm trying to think – is it Shock? Yeah, I'm thinking of Shock was their center fielder I was trying to oh, tell you. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, I couldn't think of his name. J.B. Um, Shock. Yeah. But um, – I think they still I'm, – I'm pretty sure they still have a 40-man roster. I think they still have a spot. Now, I didn't see an update on Marte's injury yet this morning. I haven't heard it, but, I mean, I mean he's not playing today. I think it was but, a collision. I missed it. I, yeah, uh, he collided, I was he back collided with Eric Rodriguez. So, oh, another good yeah. reason for Eric Rodriguez to be on the team. <laughs> Only does take out his own players. Well – Yeah, so – Good luck. I'm going to say all you Pittsburgh fans, enjoy it now. It's still the nicest ballpark in the country to watch a game at. Um, Eric and, yeah, Eric and, Just uh, like, go have fun. Yeah, Sterling Marte, he was carted off the field. Yeah, you know, I saw after that. After that, Gonzalez, you know, him and Gonzalez uh, collided and just. But he could have got a knee to the cookies or something, you know, in the yeah. collision. You don't know what happened. Well, but. <laughs> here's my question. Aren't, like, you're an infielder. If the outfielder is calling you off, you're supposed to you're leave. Supposed to leave. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to yeah. try to veer out of the way. But here's the but thing: who's with, the one that said Marte t- called yeah, him yeah, off? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, who's? I wasn't there. Just keep watching it. Go to the games, I didn't, guys. I wasn't there. Um, I was shocked at that. You know, with the weather forecast they were calling for last. Well, night. there was an hour and a half delay. Yeah, two hour delay. I'm um, surprised they got it in, but they must have saw the, you know, the light at the uh, at the end of the tunnel. Said, <laughs> okay, we're going to be able to get this game in. Today's game actually starts at four o'clock, so they're it's an earlier start. But I know they're calling for beautiful some rain, day. You, you know, um, rain later on today, so maybe they'll get this in before the rain gets here. But uh, and there were a couple rainouts the last couple of days, so there's a few doubleheaders today too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know just as a base, if you're a baseball yeah. fan, I, there's um, a lot of baseball there's a lot of stuff today. going on. Uh, I know there's a ton of fantasy baseball guys out there. Speaking of fantasy baseball, 
you can tell how good the Pirates are by how many Pittsburgh Pirates are actually on a fantasy baseball team. Not many, I'm sure. And I'm going to tell about, you right what, now what the about, pitchers. Okay, which pitchers are on? Uh, oh, Italian's on one. Okay. I think you're going to get Lyles. Well, I'm sure Lyles has been picked up. get some attention now. Musgrove's got picked up. Yeah. Williams is definitely on a team. Um, they don't have any relievers on the on fantasy baseball team. Cervelli might be a catcher if you didn't take catcher for the rest of the draft, and he's the only one left. Yeah. But, again, he can't hit 200. And he's it's because he grew a goatee. I'm sure that's the problem right away. He's never had a goatee, and he can't <laughs> hit. It's throwing off the weight shift. I don't know what it's doing. But he can't play with the goatee. He's supposed to shave it. Get rid of it, and he'll hit 250. What do you think of him, though, as a defensive catcher? I like him. Yeah. I do like him. I just like him as a person. I think he also calls a good game. Me too, and the, I think he's know. a great clubhouse dude. He is. Um, I would. He could be trade bait. Though, I'm going to tell you right now, and it, when it comes to catchers it in the in major leagues, there's only three good ones. The rest are good clubhouse guys that know how to handle a pitching staff that can help throw out runners. Guys in the that can throw out runners doesn't matter if you got you know Lester pitching for you, right? Because he can't hold runners on, right? So. Catchers are pretty much a dime a dozen. Right, um, right. Real Muto's a good one for the Phils. Right. He's one of the best. Uh, Posey's still above average. Christ, I think the Molina's still in St. Louis, and he's got to be 57. Right. Um, it, it, yeah, catchers, I, I, you can't rely on your catcher to be one of your big boppers. Right. Um, that's not your main focus. Plus, they can't do play you think, every day. Do you think, um, you know, Jung Ho Gung has certainly gotten off to a slow start. Uh, Average-wise? Well, yeah, average-wise. I mean, I think he's still a solid third, third baseman defensively. Oh, he's better he's, than Moran he, defensively. Yeah, he is better. The thing is, though, I I, I see where the Pirates are going, where Clint Hurdle is going and sticking with him. Well, he did sit a couple days. Um, he did. But, but I mean, he's, to give he's, Moran some bats against some righties. Right, and he's getting I, – I think that it's it's a good idea to to stick with him because if he gets hot – like he could be a very, very good hitter, be a solid hitter, and then you know he's one of the very few power choices they have on that team. Well, and then and then uh, Dickerson, you know, whenever he's, he's a good coming, ball player, whenever he's coming back, good like, ball player. I, I don't know, you know, I haven't heard an update on when he's supposed to be back, but um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, it's a long season, you know, it's a it's a long season, and the Pirates could go, you know, uh, five and eleven. Just as quick as they can go, eleven and five. So or and or one and ten. One and ten, sure, sure, um, absolutely, they could. The problem with the with the Pittsburgh starters, the only problem so far mm-hmm. is that they're not going deep. Right. Like they're throwing a hundred pitches by the six, six and two thirds. They got ninety pitches. Right. Um, because they're you know teams are fouling off a lot of pitches. Uh, every year the strike zone gets smaller. Um, so they they're having a little trouble go- longevity wise. But I'm telling you that they're not hitting any of them hard. That's for sure. No, no. I think that, you, you know, when you look at the lineup, you're right. It's not – I mean, <laughs> you were talking about fantasy baseball. There's, I take it there's no position players. No. Oh, I'm but, sure there are. But I, when you talk about – their best hitter so far is Bell. Which if is you're a drafting good, a first is, baseman, he's not in the top 15. I understand, but, like, this is what they were hoping for with him this year. That's what they were really well, hoping Well, they were hoping for. like this for the last two years as well. Yeah, but um, his, his, his rookie year – he did well last year. Was a slump. This year, so far, he's hitting pretty darn well. Well, the the encouraging thing about watching him this year is he's actually hitting singles to left yep, center field. He is. He's staying on the ball. He's not trying to hit a home run every and time up, and he's not trying to pull everything. I watched him the other day on a two strike count, 
and I saw him do something I hadn't seen him do before. He choked he, up. He choked up. He stayed on the ball, and he he got a base hit out of it. You know, so it, it's it's I'm gl- I'm glad to see that because you know what, a hit's a hit, and he's got talent. He can run the bases. Now, I still think he's a defensive liability at first base. But you got to. balls in the dirt, he's not real good. Yeah. Like when their throw comes over and it short hops, he's he's not real good at picking them. No, he's not great. But the thing is, I still think he has to be your everyday first baseman for the most part. Just uh, because yeah, they don't have any other options. Just because, well, just because of his position. Uh, just because his well, and ability think, with the bat. And I think Moran can play some first base, but they're both left-handed. Right. So, um, yeah, I. I don't know. I don't like how the Pirates. I don't like the general manager. You know that. I think no, it's. I, I don't. don't, I don't I'm not even. A, I'm not even a Clint Hurdle fan after <laughs> watching him stick with his pitching too long. Yeah. Um. I didn't like him in Colorado. I thought he did a nice job when he first came to Pittsburgh, but right. now he's right back into the same thing. Um. I just don't. The ownership of and the general manager of that team infuriate me. They don't even have to be great. Yeah. To get people in those stadiums, they all you heard was. You know, we don't, we can't get anybody here to watch and we can't spend any money. Well, the, those two years with McCutcheon and when McCutcheon was here, when they were in the one game playoffs, you yeah. couldn't get a ticket. Mm-mm. And I'm not talking in July, I'm talking the whole season. Right. They were sold out because they were competitive. And if they weren't competitive, they were fun to watch. They were fun to watch. I mean, yeah. Harrison was fun. McCutcheon's fun. Both gone. Um, Garrett Cole, gone. Right. Um, I get it. You can't keep on. You don't want to spend or sign them to long-term contracts. That's your prerogative. But th- this team is – what's so fun about watching this team? When Even with the starting pitching is as good as they are, do you know how many people go to the ball game and don't want to watch a two-to-one ball game when you're there? I know. I like a pitching matchup. I do. Well, I, I do I too, it. but that's because we like baseball. Right. There's people that go down to that park that don't even look at the game. They're on their phones the whole time. Right. Um, they just go in because it's a nice place to be, and they can say they went to a pirate game. Um, uh, they're not fun. They're not. I, they're, I don't get excited to watch anybody bat. I don't get excited when someone gets on base. Right. Probably the most exciting. I like Dickerson. I like the way he plays. Yep. I could watch that guy play for any other team. Um, he was an all-star in Tampa before Pittsburgh signed him. One of the very few signings that I thought was a great signing. And um, I'm trying to think who's the who's the second baseman. Um, Frazier. I like watching him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. And why do I like watching them? A, they're fast as hell, mm-hmm. and B, they both just play baseball. They play hard. They dive for balls, fly balls in the gap, down the line. Um, Frazier diving up the middle, diving for they. They actually. Look, they're fun to watch play baseball. Right, right. So you had mentioned Andrew McCutcheon, and you're a Phillies fan. Has he lived up to what you were hoping for? Uh, I think he's been better than I thought. Um, right. he, did, he left another game. He left the game last night as well after after getting to second base. Um, instead of going first and third, he pulled up around second base. It didn't look, didn't look major. Yeah. But the Phillies have to fire their trainer this morning <laughs> because I think they have – five guys with tweaked hamstrings in the last 10 days right so obviously they're not stretching real well um yeah but Segura's he's been on day to day with a hammy and they Scott Kinger was playing swinging about well he went out yesterday with a hammy McCutcheon pulled up with a hammy um so they're they're decimated by injuries and and um they lost another game yesterday in extra innings to the Rockies they took a one-run lead going into the 12th and promptly came in and walked the number eight catcher who's hitting 235 on the year with no home runs, walked him, and then gave up a home run uh, to lose. 
yesterday. Um, right. And it just infuriates me how a major league pitcher, and what was horrible about that at bat, they set up on the outside corner every pitch to that 235 light hitting, no home runs on the year catcher, knowing that they had power at the top of the lineup coming up. And he missed outside on every single one of them. You can't, you can't throw one right down the middle with a one-run lead and two outs in the ninth or 14th mm-hmm. in this case or 12th, whatever it was. You have to be able to throw one right down the middle. You can't do that to Bryce Harper maybe, or you can't do it to Anthony Rizzo right down the middle. Right. This guy's 235 with zero home runs. And he walked him, and Blackman walked it off with a home run on an 0-2 pitch. Right. Well, I'm sorry, it was 1-2. and two. You, got, you got ahead of him 0-2 and then give up a dinger. Well, I mean, if you look at McCutcheon's stats, so he's he's hitting 257 so far this season. He's a career 287 hitter, so that's not that. He's far never going to hit 280 again. But his 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 on base percentage this year is 409. He's for seen the career, most pitches of anybody on the team. For his career, it's 378. Yep. And his OPS is 895. What's he have? How many home runs? His he has three or his four. His career is 859. His he has three home runs, eight RBI. Yeah, from so, a leadoff spot. Yeah. So, you know. The I, thing about McCutcheon is, is he's no longer, he, he doesn't get infield hits anymore and he doesn't steal bases. Well, anymore. he hasn't been, he, and the thing is, he hasn't been really streaky this year. Like, if you break the season so far up into three sections, everything's about the same. Although, you, you know, it's, it's, he's been pretty consistent so far this season. So, um, he's never going to hit 280 again. No, he's a 250 no, hitter. He's not the same player. I think he's he can hit 20 home runs in Citizens Bank Park. I agree. Uh, if he plays plays a lot, but uh, he does see a lot of pitches. Yeah. Um, no complaints. And they don't a, have anybody else to put up. And there. he's a, he's a gr- he's a great team guy. He he really everybody is. loves him in the clubhouse. Yep. Yep. Um, he's great off the field. Yep. I mean, you haven't heard so he, much as a speeding ticket since he came into the league. He does a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, he does a lot of charitable work. He does. So um, he's a good community guy. You know, he's somebody that you can get behind. So that's one of the reasons why the, you know, the Pittsburgh misses him, you know, because he was really the face of that franchise for a number he was. of years. He was. And, uh, you know, bring, winning that uh, NL MVP, um, you know, that was a big deal. And I remember that ceremony the following year, opening day with, you know, Barry Bonds in attendance. And, and our, you know, that was that was a real watershed moment for, for him. And, you know, it was a great day for the Pirates. And, you know, just unfortunately. Well, he's a great human being. Yeah. He, and he's, like you said, great clubhouse guy. Um, he's he's on the downhill side of the career. Right. But he's fine. And, and um, I don't mean to change gears real quick, but I got to say something because I want to get into the draft. We yeah, spent way absolutely. too much time on these two fillers we, we were going to do before we got to the draft. But I got to give some props to Tiger Woods before we okay. move on to the absolutely. draft. Absolutely. Um, literally, tears in my eyes mm-hmm. watching him make some putts coming up the fairway. And then when I saw a couple balls go in the water from Molinari, um, who was uh, Kisner? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who's coming down. Who's the guy from Pittsburgh here that came in second there? Oh, for the Masters? Yeah. He, um, he, if he'd have made that putt on 18, Tiger would have had to part the last hole. Uh, Kepka. Brooks Kepka. Oh, yeah, Brooks Kepka. I couldn't yeah, think of his yeah, name. Yeah. Um, another great guy uh, playing playing some serious golf. But Tiger, he gets up to 18 needing a bogey at that point. I don't even know if he knew it at that point because uh, well, sure Kepka sure missed a putt. I'm sure he, he probably knew. saw something. but. Yeah. He hit, his, he hit his ball in a fairway. He put the driver away and put it in the fairway. But he was behind a tree, so he just sliced like a little five iron around the corner. So he was laying two off the front of the green, and I'm thinking, oh, Tiger, what, what are you doing to me? You're going to 
you're going to kill me if I'm going to have a heart attack if you can't get this up there and two putt. So he put it on a green and he almost made the putt. So mm-hmm. um, from where he was, I, I, don't get me wrong, he's a despicable human being. <laughs> what he did to his Swedish Nami hot wife is, is I wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, he was just a dog, a flat-out dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was hurt, I mean, there was he really couldn't swing a club for a long time. He's right. had back fusion right. surgery. Right. Um, the amount of hours that he put into his game just to be able to play on the tour again, not let alone win a tournament, let alone win a Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, literally, I had tears in my eyes watching him on the last hole knowing uh, – that if he two-putted, he was going to win that Masters. And I feel great. The way he came up and he hugged his kids, um, his mom was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, way back when he won his first Masters, he came off the green and his he hugged his father. Mm-hmm. And then this one he gets off and he hugged his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really special moment. And I, don't, and I think it's the greatest comeback in, of, of any sport of all time. Do you think that um, he has a chance to beat Jack? Um. You know what? I don't even know. I, I don't. Okay. I don't think he's going to win that many more majors, but I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Used to be like, yeah, he's not as good as Jack. He's done. He didn't come close. He he. In my mind, he did everything he had to do. He came back and he won another one. It. Now this is from a from somebody who used to dabble in and work in, like, you know, public relations, uh, back in my previous career, but a uh, long time ago, but. I always have an issue, and I'm not just picking on the, you know, on on golf or the PGA or anything like that. But I'm I'm picking on, I think it's a big fault of the media um, these days, and I'm not a big fan of how sports media goes these days. But I understand that Tiger moves the needle. I get it, you know. He does, even but if he's not going to make the cut. He does. Right. But here's the thing that the PGA needs to start thinking about: is life after Tiger. And I think they've done a really bad job with that so far because when Tiger wasn't there, the ratings are horrible. They're not doing a good enough job of promoting some of these younger guys. And, the, you know, because some of them can play some really, really exciting golf. That run that Jordan Spieth went on was, was engaging. It was fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, and, you know, he's, he's fallen off, too. He's totally Justin fallen Thomas. Off. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. kids are all still mid-20s. They're, yeah, they're, they're really, really young. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's I mean just, so just, there's the, you know, I think Phil, I think Phil's done. Well, he's I, certainly I, not I, a young ambassador. No, he, he's not. But, I mean, as far as, like, the guys that, the other people that, the other golfers that people will be rooting for. I think Brooks Kepka even shows some of that frustration. Dust, he does. You Dustin know, Johnson. Because like, Brooks Kepka. Rory. Yeah. You know, he won, you know, he was on a hell of a streak there and it barely got a blip. And the one thing that kind of annoys me a little bit as, as a former journalist is that I've seen front page web articles and I'm not going to call out the website, but I've seen front page articles where in other tournaments, Tiger's <laughs> been like, <laughs> Tiger's been like 13, 14 strokes back. They and show every shot. Yeah, and you can't you can't find who's winning the tournament. Yeah, we're very or, shocking. All you gotta do is go back and look at your yeah, Twitter so feed. I, <laughs> I, I get it. You know, I I understand that that's you know that you're you've got this group of people that are going to click just to see what Tiger's doing. I get it, but at least side by side, highlight who else is in the tournament and how they're doing. 
because they got to do a better job. Or Because I can tell you this, once Tiger walks away and he's playing in the Champions Tour, if he ever decides to play in that tour, it's over. Like if they if they yeah, continue it certainly in this can path, be. Uh, the thing know. that they're not they're forgetting is all those guys you just mentioned, Spieth, Thomas, uh, all the young kids, they all right. started playing golf because of Tiger. I get it. They get I it. Totally, so they're all I in there. Totally now understand. I can tell you to and agree with taking, your point. I'm not taking anything away from what he accomplished. It's no. incredible. But you I know. can tell you, uh, you know this. I like golf as much as the most of most people. Right. You know, we're both avid golfers. Right. Both love it. We both watch it more than most people. Right. But I can tell you when I t- even me when I turn that leaderboard on, and there's five holes to play, and there's Joe Schmo and Ian Blip uh-huh. are tied for the lead with five holes to go. Yeah. I don't watch it. I do. I do I not. watch it. I watch I don't. it no matter what. I don't, and, and it doesn't <clears> have to just be Tiger. Now, if I turned it on and it was Spieth and Justin Thomas uh, or Rory, um, who I root against just because I don't like them, but <laughs> I, if it's Ian Poulter, I will do. I'll try to jinx him. Do you I'll know do what, mojo do you, dances do you know what in a, a living room. Do you know what a nerd I am? I watch the European Tour on the Golf Channel. Yeah, you're the only I, one. I, yeah. I just, Congratulations. I, lo- I, I, I love watching it. And, you know, I mean. There's probably sob commercials. And, <laughs> there are uh, a ton <laughs> of sob commercials. <laughs> and a lot of other European bed and breakfast that you've never been to. <laughs> because nobody I'm else hoping, is watching it. I'm hoping to get to St. Andrews for my 50th birthday. I'm hoping to pull that off. So I gotta gotta see if that I would can be pull fun. that. That would be a lot of fun. Maybe we can do a remote. That that would be that would we'd be we'd be we'd have six to start. hours. <laughs> if we start recovering, if we start recovering soccer over there, we won't. <laughs> I get, would go to. We could get a call. Like, see, I would go. I would go to a ma- I would go to a soccer match. I would not. I would. If I went in a heartbeat, if I went, it would be carried in on a stretcher because I'm comatose, full of beer. <laughs> Worst game well, I've uh, ever witnessed in my entire life for all you hooligans, soccer hooligans <laughs> out there. You want to make soccer fun. You want to make it a real sport. Get rid of the offsides call. I Yeah, I, I know. It's the only sport I know where the defense can just move up two steps to get you to be offsides. Are you kidding me? Well, we can we can get into that. No, on we day, can't. I'm never right, talking. That's we're, it, guys. That's right. I am never talking soccer so let's, again. Let's spend the rest of our time you talking suck. about NFL draft. What do you say? Let's get into the NFL. Draft. We do because it's coming up on yeah. Thursdays, the first round. And and just so everybody knows, stay tuned. Look at our um, our Facebook page and our Twitter page. Um, as far as our schedule leading up to and during the NFL draft, we're trying to put a couple of things together here and um we're even looking at um the opportunities to do a live podcast if we can get it broadcasted if possible so just stay tuned to our pages and we'll keep you posted on what's coming but nfl draft one of the most exciting times of the year talking about promotion and public relations the nfl has done an unbelievable job in making this a highly rated event well you know they've done uh, all throughout their history they put they moved free agency periods so they're the talking point in certain months, like in let's just let's just say April's a big month in the NFL, or this deadline they moved it, so now NFL you could talk something about the NFL in February, right? Um, because you could talk about uh, who got a new locker room updated in the NFL, and it beats the ratings for NBA and and Major League Baseball to this day. It's just it's still the number one sport. Everybody knows it, and everybody loves it. And they've done a great job marketing themselves. Really right. can I right. hate Roger Goodell with a passion. Um, and there's 
we don't have time to get into it at this point, but I think he's the worst commissioner <laughs> in the history of professional sports. Do you have one of those clown T-shirts that has him like with the no, red I, nose? No, I do not. Okay. Literally, thought, you I know. Thought you would, I thought you would have that because I, I, I know. The cease and desist order is the I only know thing I can just, think I know of. Your dis- <laughs> I know your disdain for Roger Goodell. I can't stand him. <laughs> and I, was One of these days I'm going to get into a, what a piece of crap he is. Um, but I, right now, I, I want to get into the draft because uh, yep. I don't know how much time we have left. Was we really went longer than we wanted? No, we're to. good. We got about we got about fifteen minutes. So All let's, right, perfect. Let's, so let's, let's spend it um, here since we are located in Pittsburgh Steelers country. They uh, are they drafting twenty? If I'm not, yeah, they're drafting twenty. A lot of the mock drafts. I don't do a mock because it's 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 you know there, there's just so many moving parts to these things. But I look at. I look at other mocks and see what they're what they are suggesting and also what the Steelers needs are. A lot of these mock drafts have the Steelers going with uh, Devin Bush, the, the uh, inside linebacker out of Michigan. Um, and he'd be a great choice. Uh, I, I'm not convinced he's going to be there at 20. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's what some others have said as I well. I think Devin White out of LSU and Devin Bush um, out of Michigan are head and shoulders above the rest of the inside linebackers in that group. Yeah. So – even if you, there are teams that said they don't need them, linebacker position is one of those guys that when you get a good one, look at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith came back. Um, the two of the best young linebackers in football, and they made that entire team better just right. by those two positions. Steelers have not been good defensively since Shazier got hurt. Right. Uh, two reasons for that. One, they can't stop the run. So a defensive tackle run stuffer that would keep people off their linebackers would help a lot. Right. But you still need an inside linebacker. You still need some linebackers that can actually run with some uh, tight don't ends, have, run with the running about, backs. Don't have to worry about Gronkowski, at least, for game one. No, but you can bet your ass the New England Patriots will be drafting that oh, kid sure out of San will. Jose State, yeah. the beast fast guy who will be their new tight end. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, most most of the max, uh, mock drafts, as you said, have them taking an inside linebacker. Personally, I think they also need – one of those two players, but if they're not there, everybody's saying that Pittsburgh once again needs a cornerback. Right. Um, they've tried to get cornerbacks probably for the last five years. They've tried to draft and they've spent some high draft picks on them. They're just not good at picking them. Right. They do not work out. Now, having said that, um, like you're a nerd for the golf channel and the European tour. I've been a draft nerd and I have witnesses for 15 years now that I try to guess everyone's pick. I do research. I watch tape on these players on YouTube um, when they're coming out. I have my own type of ranking systems. Uh, it's a combination of Todd McShay's historical speeds and three-cone drill times and all that stuff. Right. Um, I love it. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> so, so having said that, some of the cornerbacks that some of these people like, there's one that Greedy Williams from LSU. Yeah. Um, 6'1", 185, he ran a 4'3", 40. Right. He's he's the number one consensus cornerback out there. Again, taking it 20 with only maybe two quarterbacks being available. It's not a big quarterback draft. Yeah. That means there's going to be some of these some of these guys aren't going to be there at 20. It's not going to be your five quarterback heavy drafts. One of the mock drafts that I saw actually had the Steelers getting Greedy Williams in the second round. Well, that's not happening. Well, I, I that would surprise me. I would be, Someone, I'd be exceedingly pleased. Someone should punch that got, guy right <laughs> in the throat. Whoever wrote that, he has no idea what he's doing. Honestly, it's it's you know it's it's interesting how. Again, it's fascinating how these mock drafts go, because I I can't see Greedy Williams being there. But but then again, are the Steelers going to get 
you know, first of all, I think if Devin Bush is there, that's who they're taking. Okay. So yes. if, th- this is discussion. So, so we're talking about if Devin Bush is not there. Okay, well, and I'm so, going to, I'm going to one up you because right. I think as this draft unfolds, Steelers have a ton of picks. Yeah. I think they're moving up to yeah. get them. I, I think they're going to move up to the top 10, okay. maybe top 12 to try to get them. to make sure that, to make sure they get them. Cause you know, there's a bunch of teams that could use linebackers out there. Now, I don't, right. a lot of them pick after the Steelers, too, obviously. Right. But I think if you're going to want him, and, and that's and we don't know what their board looks like. Maybe they don't like him. Maybe they like, you know, that kid out of Watt. That, that, uh, there's some kids, the inside linebacker, that the pros. There's a kid out of Alabama named Mac Wilson. Yeah. Um, I think he's too slow. He ran a 4-7. That's not going to help you cover a back out of the backfield. Right. Um. So when you're just looking at speed across the board, the the only other guy that I love that nobody else seems to really like is a, there's a inside linebacker out of Texas named Gary Johnson. 5'11", mm-hmm. 226, solid, all muscle, and he ran a 4'4", 3. So that guy will be there in the second round, you would think, if they end up going cornerback in the first round, if Devin Bush isn't available, but... I fully anticipate them moving up to get Devin Bush in the first round. Right. What would you, if you got to the second round and let's say the cornerbacks that they wanted were gone. Okay. And that Josh Oliver from San Jose State was sitting there. Uh, well, they need a tight end. Yeah. They do. He's not going to be there. The I'm two, telling the you right two, now. The two guys from Iowa are definitely gone. You would you think. Know. Uh, you know a Fant. Yeah. Um, uh, he's my favorite. I actually like him. A little more than I like Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, just because he's a little better blocker. And he's uh, Noah Fant ran a 4.5. Hawkinson's a 4.7. Right. Both the same weight, around 250. Um, okay. Both six foot four. They're the same guy. Well, Mary, here's my question. How, why didn't Iowa lead the, lead, what, lead the country in passing if they had the two top two tight ends <laughs> in the nation? Because the quarterback's <laughs> Apparently. But uh, I do like that Josh Oliver out of San Jose t- State. Yeah. Two, six four, 250. He ran a 4.6. He's a. <laughs> He's a he's a beast. Yeah. Um, and there's a kid named Dawson Knox out of Old Mill, six four two fifty four. He ran a four five nine. He uh, can't block real well. I don't think old, but not nearly the athlete that this Josh Oliver is. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'd be shocked if that if the New England Patriots first round pick was they not. They don't have one. They don't have one. Well, their first pick because first I pick, don't yeah. think that Josh Oliver is going to be a first rounder. Mm-hmm. I think you might see three tight ends at the most in the first round with both Iowa's and the kid from Alabama, uh, Irv Smith. He may go in the first end of the first round, but I think uh, I think New England's going to end up with that kid from San Jose State. He's going to be that the new Gronk. F- that would figure. <laughs> well, uh, there's always a New England always lucks out with someone that you don't think will be there when they pick and. And I got to be honest, Pittsburgh has done it too. Pittsburgh has sat there at 20 and 22 and 25, and alignment has dropped to them. Right. Um, I'm just trying to think of the one off the top of my head. It's their starting guard. He was a number one offensive lineman in the draft a few years ago. He he missed he missed his first year with an injury. 
Oh, he missed part of the – oh. Um. But any, anyway, he falls to them, and right there is the Steelers. Fought, fell right in their lap. DeCastro. Yes, DeCastro. DeCastro. Yeah. But DeCastro didn't miss the whole year. He missed, like, the first four games. I remember that right. game. It was a preseason game in Buffalo. Somebody rolled up on his knee. Luckily, it wasn't the ACL. It was something else. He didn't. I don't believe he needed surgery, if I was mistaken. But I remember that was a huge coup. Like, everybody was saying – we There's can't no way, believe but then they picked, David DeCastro dropped, and he up. might have been like late twenties, like twenty five or later that well, year. Well, yeah, it was it was really something. No mean, one picked him. No, but he's been, he's money. He's 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 a ten he's year money. starter. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's totally money. Then there are some. And now I will tell you, not only is uh, quarterback pretty slim these this year, but offensive linemen are poor too. There's a ton of defensive linemen. Yeah. Um. There's some good receivers. Uh, I'm not high on the real. I'm not real high on the running back class this year. But no. nobody cares but about them. I, anyway. Nobody cares. About, I, I care. I, I do, but my God, I, I just think that you know you there there are running backs out there, and I've seen some profiles that have some really nice talent. I think for the Steelers, though, you've got to have somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield and do a decent job of picking up the blitz. Now. I will say this. I think Jalen Samuels really improved nicely as the year went on. Totally agree. That was a hell of a game against the Patriots he played. And if he got his head on right and he trained his butt off during the offseason, I haven't I haven't read any stories about what he's up to or what he's doing, but I think I remember watching him at NC State. And he was really, really impressive. Um I'm not saying that he'll take the starting job off of James Conner, but boy, I think that could be a hell of a one-two combination. Those two, I really do. Well, and and again, they don't have to be world beaters. No, and and the, that's what the Steelers don't have to until maybe the last couple of rounds. They don't have to draft a running back. I really don't no, think they that don't. they do. No. Well, like you said, Conner Conner did. Better than anyone could imagine he did last year to help him forget about Le'Veon right. Bell. Right. Um, now there's no one looking over his shoulder. They will draft a running back this year. Yeah. Um, at yeah. some point with their picks. Right. But like I said, it's not. I don't think that's a that's a big need. Um, before we leave, there's a couple because I'm a draft nerd. I want to let's go over the wide receiver rankings sure. because real quick, everyone knows that uh, Antonio Brown's gone. And everyone says, well, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to slide right in for him, right? He had a better year anyway. Right. Well, that's fine. But here's what's going to happen. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to see double teams this year. Right. He didn't see double teams last year. Sure. Because they were double team Antonio Brown. So what that means to me is the Steelers are going to need a slot guy, uh, like a Cole Beasley type fella. Um, it's just a little guy, Randall Cobb, that signed with Dallas. Would have been a really nice fit. Guy that's a real good route runner, uh, real quick, mm -hmm. and and uh, there's a couple guys here that I think are going to be to have a chance to be uh, really good these slot these slot receivers. Okay. Um, my first one is going to be a kid named Andy Isabella out of Massachusetts. Okay. He's just one of those guys. He did run a four three forty, but he is so quick you cannot cover him his first two steps. He's five nine one eighty eight, and he is. As fast as you can get. Okay. He's going to be one of the best slot receivers out there. He's actually ranked higher than Miles Boykin. I out know. Of, out of Notre Dame. Yeah. I know. I like, it. and I like Boykin. I like him too. Um, 
I just I'm the not problem, sure he's a fit with the Boykin Steelers is six foot four. Yeah, you don't see too many six foot four schlock guys. Right, right. There's a kid named Darius Slayton. Even though he's six two, out of, out of Auburn, he's out of Auburn. Yeah. Um, he did a he had a forty and a half inch vertical. Mm. He did a uh, he ran a, a sub four four. Yep. Um, broad jump of like one thirty five. He's crazy. What about David Sills out of West Virginia? He's gotten some like I think the Steelers had, a, had a visit a, with him. He did. Um, I don't even know. I don't remember. How, he didn't do anything remarkably at the combine. If he even did anything at the combine, I right. don't. I don't have any notes on him. This is just basically after I did these after I looked at the combine. Right. Some of the outside receivers that uh, this Paris Campbell from Ohio State, right. he, he lit it up. Manuel Hall out of Missouri, another sub four guy at six three on the outside. These guys are uh, there. There's a ton of receivers out there. Right. That Marquise Brown out of Oklahoma is everybody's favorite. Wouldn't that be hysterical if the Steelers drafted him? Wouldn't that now be he's so a, funny? If he's, I'm going to tell you right now. The Steelers brass would have a hard time letting him on the board if he falls to uh, 20 and they got him and and uh, Bush is gone, the linebacker. So now you got him or a corner a cornerback that you need. Yeah, It would be very, very difficult to let Marquise Brown on the board and take a, a second or third, fourth-ranked uh, cornerback. Talk about a slot receiver, though. He's only 5'9". He's oh, like 5'9", 166. He's perfect. Yeah. And he ran a 4'3", 5". Yeah. Um, and... and the thing I like about him is the way the Steelers run those crossing routes underneath, which was opens up some of the long passes that they like to do. He can go. Right. If you take the wrong angle on him, he's gone. Right. That, that, that's why I like him. But, right. Right. Um, it's a lot of good receivers in the draft. Uh, running backs, not a big class, but I want to mention a guy that, that is not in the top 20 of anybody. His name's Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State. He can catch the ball out of the ball. He's more of a scat bat type thing. He's a perfect drop off, dump down pass, uh, and he's he's just an all around good football player. Justice right. Hill out of Oklahoma State. He he was he's one of my choices. He's one of my sleepers. Right. I also like a kid named Travis Homer out of Miami. Another kid that's just I don't think he catches the ball as well, mm-hmm. um, but he's getting no love. And, Keep your name out. Just keep your eye out for a kid named Travis Homer and Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State are my two running back sleepers. What do you think of uh, going local here? What do you think of Miles Sanders out of Penn State? Boy, I don't uh, – great. I think he had a good combine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's better than what we're used to seeing because he sat behind Barkley. Yeah. Very, very elusive. Right. Um, and his legs are strong. He rarely went down on first contact. Okay. Their Penn State running backs are so hard to judge because their offensive line is usually garbage. Yeah. Um, so, so I I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to him. I don't think he's going to go in the top top two rounds. Can I give you a sleeper for uh, running back? Yeah, for running back. I'd love to. Um, although you know, I I don't think he'll be anywhere near where the the Steelers would get consideration for him. But I love that Benny Snell out of Kentucky. Um. He's fu- he's uh he's a junior coming out. He's five foot ten, two twenty four. It's like Ran a, a sub bowl- four four. Yeah, I and mean, he's really he's. I remember watching him in the uh, bowl game against Penn State. Penn State, yeah. And he's a real he's a wrecking ball, you know. Com- but he's got he's quick. Uh, I'm I'd really be curious to see how he would play in the Steelers' offense. Really the only would. reason I didn't like him is he had a really bad vertical. Yeah. So he might be tight. I don't know. I don't know if that I, means your I hamstrings are tight. I don't know all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the broad jump, uh, in the he he had a 
He did a 119 in the broad jump, which is average. Do you have the uh, – uh, I'm thinking of along the lines of strength. Do you have his bench? Uh, Yes, reps. Snell did 16 is all. Okay, okay. Now, I know running backs aren't supposed to, but that kid – there's a kid out of Boise State that did 22. kid from Georgia did 26. Oklahoma did 25. There's a bunch of 20s on here. So he, did, he didn't have a good combine, but he certainly looks good on tape. Yeah. I mean, he, he certainly did, did well on that. There's actually a kid on the list out of Slippery Rock. I did uh, see that. West, and, West Hills, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like anything about him. <laughs> I, Miles Sanders, well, again, was a good, was, is decent, but okay. that Mike Weber out of Ohio State, he didn't do. He elected not to do the the broad jump, the short shuttle, or the three cone. I think he's going to be a really good pro. I'll be curious just on a local level to see how uh, how Quadri and um, Quadri Olison does. He's slow, uh, man. I know, but he but he could. I mean, he's going to. I think he he's got a good chance of making a roster. But I think he'll get drafted. Yeah, he yeah. did. He had a horrible vertical. Yeah, broad jump was average. Actually, I think Darren Hall has a better chance of landing on the team. I, think I, Darren, I know I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know anything yeah, about it. I think Darren Hall has a has a better shot as far as local guys. Local I know guys that out. as bad as Penn State running backs are hard to tell other than Barkley because their outline's bad. Pittsburgh guys are always look good because they always run the ball. They can run yeah. the ball on anybody any yeah. year. They can win no games and still lead lead they, everybody in rushing. Ball, really good running team. Well, hey man, we getting done? Hour, we're over an hour already. You, you All right, so let's that. finish this up with with see if there's anything more. Uh, again, Lyman, I'm not going to even mention many of them because nobody cares uh, this year. I'm just looking to see if there's anything, any notes on here I have. Um, Do you think the Steelers should take a peek at an outside linebacker? I think the Steelers could definitely need multiple linebackers. Yeah. I, I think they need an edge rusher. Uh, one more edge rusher. Um, the only lineman I'm going to make a note of here is a, actually a center. He could probably play some guards. A kid named Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State. All right. Six foot two, 306 pounds. He ran a sub 540, um, just threw the weights up. Uh, he's a sleeper lineman for me. I think if you plug him in uh, as a team that needs, like Houston, their, their, off, their team gets better immediately. Right. Um, but. We'll see. Uh, hope we may we may have another podcast during the draft if we can get this live thing set yep. up. We're having an we're having an equipment issue where we don't have an equipment that can travel well to the local restaurant bar establishment that has agreed to let us be there. So if we can work around some things, we may be actually doing a live remote during one of the days or of the draft, and there will be prizes, and we will there and we will be uh, announcing that if we can get out, work out the logistics just keep on checking out our uh, facebook and twitter pages and we'll keep you updated on that and our schedule during the nfl draft one of the most exciting times of the year no doubt i i i've been a I, I i'm not as big of a draft junkie as you are but i remember as a kid i watched and i i still to this day it's if so i have boring. the time <laughs> i'll watch every pick yeah i, me I too. just because because I, I love the stories and where the, some of these kids come from and, and, you know, what they've gone through. And uh, there's some great stories there and some, you know, you're looking at the future stars of the league and you're always wondering, okay, which is that fifth round pick? Where's that Tom Brady? Where's that Antonio Brown that in the sixth round that's going to turn into a superstar? And, you know, even, even more for me is which one do I think that everybody likes that I don't? Yeah. I like to find out, am I right? And one of the ones I was right on was Morris Claiborne. 
when a cornerback that Dallas picked mm-hmm. traded up to get out of LSU. I didn't. He had a horrible combine. I didn't like him. I didn't like his interview. I didn't like anything about him. And he went and so far I've been right on that one. But I've also <laughs> missed on quite a few too. Well, going way way back in the in the time machine, there was one that I was living in Cleveland at the time. I hated the Browns. I I I not hated. That's too strong of a word. But I thought that the Browns whiffed when they picked Tim Couch. I, I did not like Tim Couch coming out of college. Me either. I didn't. I thought, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And sure enough, it was. Yeah. Although and he's laughing right now. I, I, rem- <laughs> I remember. A lot of money. I, I called a local radio talk show when I, when I eventually moved to uh, Erie, PA. And I called a local uh, sports talk show. And we got into an argument about. Tim Couch versus Plexico Burris because they were both drafted in the same. And I made the argument. I said, Plexico Burris will have a more successful career and will win a Super Bowl, and Tim Couch will not. And the talk show, he was indignant. He was so angry. Now, he was a big Browns homer, but I was just stating a fact. You know, to me, it was a fact. And I remember sitting there watching Plexico Burris catch that winning touchdown pass for the Giants yep. against the Patriots. And I'm saying, I wonder where that guy's yeah, at. Yeah, call him back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, every- Thank you very much for listening again. Um, like I said, we will post this up there. Please, on our Facebook po- page where you click the link to listen to the podcast, anything you agreed with, disagreed with, or give us your sleepers yeah. on Facebook page. We will get back to you. Um, we'll, tr- we'll try to reply. As we do check it all the time. So if you have anything with the upcoming draft or anything about the the Pirates, local teams, um, the Penguins, you still can't get that out of your crawl that they stink. <laughs> they stunk against the Islanders. Let us know, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks. Keep posted on the social media where we're going to be and if we're going to be live, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone.